Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Dion and Joel Clark, and we're going to be talking about the 1978 Heaven Sword Dragon Saber film by Cho Yuen, starring Derek Yi. Now, uh, before we start, I want to give Joel the floor to talk about a Kickstarter that he has. I know that this is something that you've been uh, dealing with this week, and it's very important, so why don't you just tell people about your Kickstarter and where they can go find it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's going to be on Kickstarter.com, but I'm, I'm kickstarting Lone Wolf Fist finally. We're actually going to try to make the, the hardback a reality. Um, so it's it's starting here on May 21st. Uh, you can get a PDF. You can get a hardback. Um, there's a, a few higher reward tiers for the fancy among you who want to actually uh, add stuff to the game. Like if you have an idea for a Kung Fu style or your own Kung Fu faction, you can put that in the game. So there's all kinds of nifty stuff in there. Uh, going live on May 20. 20- first and I'll I'll be spraying links all over the place. I'll have links on our Facebook page, on the blog, and on our website, and of course on all the major RPG platforms. And I'll probably uh, find places that I didn't think of that you uh, suggest to me and put links there too. But yeah, if you want to support the project going forward, if you want to get a cool copy of a great game, drop on by. And uh, okay, so and we'll put a link in the description too, so people can follow that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, so we we did. Heaven Sword and Dragon Saber. It's a Cho Yuen movie. Uh, this is a, a novel that's like four volumes long. And it's been turned into two movies. And Joel has only seen the first movie. So we are going to have spoilers in here for Joel during this. But uh, just know for the purpose of this discussion, Joel's seen the first movie. Dion and I have seen both of them. And, you know, so that uh, that will factor into how our, our, our reactions play out. Uh, it, it's... It's basically, I mean, it's a very kind of complicated story, but the basics of it are, it's about the martial world's feud for the Heaven Sword and Dragon Saber, which are, um, which have a secret uh, sort of martial arts technique hidden in them. And the against that backdrop, you have these this sort of love triangle with a character named Zhang Wuji, uh, who is uh, the son of two heroes who commit suicide at the beginning of the book. And he's sort of of mixed parentage. His, his, his mother is from an Orthodox sect and his father is from an Orthodox sect. And he's the godson of a character named Golden-Haired Lion King, who at the start of the book, or, or at least early on, is the one who possesses the, the, the dragon saber. And he, there's a, another character named Zhao Min, who is the sort of a Yuan dynasty princess. And there's a character named Zhu Jiru, who is a, uh, a member of Urme sect. And all three of them are part of this sort of love triangle that produces a lot of the drama that plays out over the course of the movie. Um, and so we'll get into some of the details as, as we go. But, uh, but yeah, what did you guys think of these? What was your first reaction to the movies? My first reaction was, wait a second, hold up. There's too much going on to focus. Um, I've watched this movie, well, both movies, several times, probably like five or six. And every time I watch, I'm, I'm a little less confused. Um, it, it is definitely a lot going on. I like the movies. But it, it's just very busy and trying to keep track of everybody and their affiliations and why they're having this problem with such and such person can be a bit much. Joel? 
Yeah, it's true. Uh, they also uh, they also have this habit of kind of introducing entirely new characters, or at least new for like the film, that have a lot to do with what's gone on previously and a new grudge, and you get their entire backstory in one sentence, and then the fighting starts. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't help the matter of confusion. I actually kind of liked that though because I never knew what this movie was going to do next. Um, my impression, let me see. I really liked it. Um, I didn't. I think I, I'm not so concerned with all the details because I'm a dummy, and so I just kind of got to get uh, rolled along in the sort of emotional tide of it. And the major points are all pretty clear, um, and the major characters, like the ones that recur, uh, even though I don't know that their motivations are super clear, their kind of characterization and like what you can expect for them in a given scene is pretty clear, so you kind of get used to them. Uh, like, what was the the grandma character who had a heaven sword? Uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, I can't remember. Granny, granny Goldenflower, I think, was. Uh, what do they call yeah, her? Yeah, yeah, Granny Goldenflower. Well, let's go with that. I'm sure she has a different name, but yeah, it was it was like I think everyone just calls her grandma. Uh, but yeah, like she shows up a whole bunch, and she's consistently a villainous character, and she's well, really powerful, and so she's kind of a yardstick for the main character's progress. I just want to say one thing. What's interesting about that is if you see part two you might change your characterization of her. Um, mm -hmm. I know, Dion, would you agree with that? that... I, I would certainly agree. So, so here, here's the thing about this movie, about the book, the source material and the movie, is a lot of what it's dealing with is you have characters who on the surface are sort of evil and bad, and characters who on the surface are righteous and good, but then when you start digging a little deeper into them, it's the opposite, or it's not as clear. And, <laughs> and so, you know, uh, uh, a a perfect example of that would be um, the what's her name? Abyss Abyss Miju is that the character's name? Miju, I think. Uh, the the Abyss from Erme sect, who's very stern and super righteous, to to the point of a fault flawed, and her actions in this movie actually are what fuel one of the evil plots in the movie. Do you know what I mean? Even though she's mm -hmm. and she refuses to mingle with any sex she regards as evil, even when they're doing good things. And so, but then when you start looking deeper into some of the unorthodox sex, they're actually doing fairly good things. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there's, there's a lot of thwarting of expectations, which I really liked. And, uh, and yeah, so, and I guess my reaction is complicated because I, number one, I think the movies really benefit from familiarity with the source material. If you know the source mm -hmm. material, when you see plot beats emerge, you're familiar with them, and it's just a matter of, okay, are they going to follow the story? Are they going to go in a different direction? And you orient fairly quickly. I think if I didn't know the um, the source material, I would be incredibly confused by this movie. And, <laughs> and even the source material is like, you know, like, and again, it's been a while, so I am fuzzy on the details, but the broad strokes I remember, and... I've seen like the, you know, like different iterations of the TV series like three or four times. I've read the books. I read the books once and then I reread the first book again before this podcast just to kind of refresh my memory. And, 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 and even with that, I think, you know, there's a lot of characters. It's, it, it's the third book in the Condor Heroes trilogy. Uh, and, and I think of, of all three books, Personally, I, I think it's one of the more enjoyable ones, but it's also one of the more confusing ones just because there are a lot of scenes involving a lot of different characters. Um, but but the movies, I thought, number one, it has a great opening song, 
I loved the opening music. I thought that really set the groundwork for it. I I thought it did a good job given that it's you know, it's two movies trying to bring all of this material together. I think it would have been better if it were three movies, like Brave Archer. Yeah, you got that I, impression. Yeah, it would have definitely been better. And I think they could have really gone like the the beginning of the movie glosses over the first book in the trilogy. Or the, sorry, the first book in the there's four volumes in the in the in the in the uh in the novel and it it glosses over the first volume and that has a lot of emotional weight and because they gloss over it you don't really get it just doesn't land the same way so i think if they had divided into three movies they could have handled that material and a lot of the stuff would have just got to breathe a little bit more but all that said i think that they got the characters down perfect i think you know they 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 handled everything as well as they could within that structure um, and and also it's it's, it's a Cho Yuen movie and it's got some of the more striking visuals that I've seen in a Cho Yuen film. Some of the some of the scenes are really beautifully done, and and also I think that it was just again, like Dion said, it is confusing. But despite its confusion, it is fairly efficient with its time, and it it makes a lot of good choices. I think in terms of because when I was watching it. I was wondering how are they going to like get this plot line in here where they only they clearly only have 10 minutes to work with at this point in the movie and I was I was I I really liked how they resolved those kinds of problems do you know what I mean how do we get it how do we get the story to flow from here to there in the amount of time that's left and so so I thought I thought it did a good job I thought the fight choreography was was fine I thought uh the only thing that fell a little bit flat is uh and this is maybe because i've seen a lot of the tv shows and the tv shows really elaborate on this a lot is you don't quite see how evil um uh 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 Jujiru becomes do you know what i mean like like in the way that she fights her fighting style is ferocious and 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 terrifying as she gets as she as she masters these unorthodox techniques and they affect her personality and that wasn't really something that you saw in the movie, and they didn't do a lo- that many special effects to make it clear. Do you know what I mean? So I think, and again, you don't need modern special effects for that. All they needed was the stuff that they were doing with Mei Chao Fung and those characters in, in Legend. Yeah, the, of, the, the special effects, for as simple and practical as they were, were very effective. They had good impact. They conveyed the information really well and the threat of certain attacks really well. Uh, they were cool. I like the special effects in this movie. Yeah, Dion, how would you feel about the special effects? I thought they were good. They were perfect for this time. And they were they could have been cheesy, but they weren't. You know. Yeah. What What did you guys think of the heaven sword and the dragon saber? The props that they used for those. Ooh, I like you can really tell that the heaven sword is like plastic, and there's like some kind of little light in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the other hand, before I looked too closely at that, I was like, "Wow, that looks really cool. It doesn't look like it's made of metal. It's got like a glowing effect." Yeah. Is that the light reflecting off it? And then once the illusion wears off, you're like, "Oh, that's that's charmingly that's charmingly adorable." I, yeah. I can't hate that. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's not. They've got such seriousness with it, and it's like a very dramatic scene when it's introduced. You know, you think a guy gets wounded with it and everything, but. Um, it's it's uh it's pretty it's pretty cheap um so the illusion wears off quickly but while it lasts um i really enjoyed it <laughs> yeah i thought i thought that they they were they're not the a lot of times when you see the the, the this the the dragon saber is usually thick like this was but it's 
I, I feel like it's usually depicted a bit longer. This one was kind of mm. a stout dragon saber. Yeah, it's like, and, a, it's like a cleaver. Yeah, and, and and I think because of the things that you were saying, it it looks it's it's just obvious that it's a prop. Um, you know, I think the, I think those are two of the weaker points in the movie. I think those and the and like I said, the backstory with the parents who commit suicide. That's like throwing away really good good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Wuji's parents commit suicide you know you know one fourth of the way through the story and like you don't get that that full effect of it um yeah it's really unfortunate because it feels like there's a lot of drama just kind of like like shushed over at the very beginning and then we mm -hmm. get to the real movie and it's like ah but i want to see the other stuff that looked good and it's kind of an information overload too because they're like tell you all this stuff happened and it's like whoa slow down slow down yeah, then, literally a yeah. novel's worth of information yeah. that's a lot yeah mm -hmm. um and and that stuff's important for when when they go back to golden haired lion king do you know what i mean because like like i think some of the stuff where they're at shaolin temple and golden haired lion king and joel i know this is news to you so just you know try to flow go with the flow but uh i've just watched the movie so i'm exactly in that mode yeah. go with the flow but uh <laughs> but in part two when they go to shaolin temple golden haired lion king is there and he's becoming this convert to buddhism he wants to become a monk mm -hmm. by the end and there's a bittersweet element there because him and Wuji have this backstory where he's he's you know he sort of starts out in the books as like this great villain, but then he sort of softens as Wuji's parents are stuck on this island with him, and they and 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 they get stuck on the island because he's chasing them for the uh, you know there's a whole convoluted series of things that happen, but he's basically chasing them over these you know after a shipwreck and they end up trapped on the island with him. And he goes from being kind of a villainous character to being like a family member, and Aww. and and it's, it's it's yeah it's it's something that I, I think I mentioned this in another podcast where people like it when the villain starts to work with the hero. Do you know what I mean there's something that people like about that? And he's a character who embodies that because he's the godfather of the hero. Do you know what I mean so it's like this? He's like this badass uncle who's wicked to the rest of the world, but he loves Wuji. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But by the end of the book, he he sort of relinquishes attachments to the material world and he becomes, you know, more enlightened and better as a result. But he also kind of has to sever that tie with Wuji in a way, you know, so like, you know, I feel like that's a little bit lost because you don't have that earlier part of the story. Um, that's a great arc. I, yeah, I hate to miss that. It didn't land as heavy as it could have at the end when, you know, he tells Wuji that um, the golden-haired lion no longer exists. I don't know yeah. who you're talking about. And he kind of goes on his little merry way. I think I would have cried if I had seen the development of his character in the beginning. Yeah. And how he transformed. But it wasn't cry-worthy material because I didn't. I'd see that because when we see him, I already had a sense that he was a good guy, not that he had been. I mean, you get the little villainous part at the beginning, but you don't get to see the full transformation. Well, so, you know, he, he's a very interesting character because he's the one who initially steals the dragon saber at the start of the right. book. And 
and not only that, but he's got the, he goes crazy and just murders people from time to time because he's got he's got all there was this kung fu that he mastered that messed with him, but also like you learn in the movie, his his wife, wife and his and child were raped. Yeah, but but and the killed. but the person who who did that was his master, who he respected mm-hmm. and trusted, and let into his house as a guest, and that guy continued to mess with him, and so he just has this really interesting backstory, and he's a very sort of i don't know just kind of a deep character that has a lot of qualities you wouldn't expect and you know again that that scene that you're talking about dion that scene is so moving in the books and in the shows um and again i think they did as well as they could with two movies here i'm not i'm not complaining about the movie i just feel i just want to kind of address how some like i'll give you guys an example like you know how like a lot of stuff would tend to happen in this movie at one location? Like there'd be a tournament and they'd have like eight plot beats occur over the course of that tournament <laughs> and mm-hmm. and eight different and eight previous plot beats would be resolved at that in the books and in the shows, those are individual chapters in many cases. Do you know what I mean? That are right. happening not in like, you know, not at a single event. Now there are events in the story where things like that do happen, but the movie kind of has everything keep happening at these different tournaments or these different gatherings. And it has to do that for expediency. So I understand why it did. And I think it made good choices, but it can give the impression that the book is sort of glossing over all of these plot elements that, that really take a long time to, to emerge over the course of the story. Um, well, I think as informed moviegoers, and we know that this is based on source material, then we should automatically know, there we go, assuming again, automatically know that um, things are going to take less time to develop in yeah. the movie when you can't, when you're trying to squish four books into two movies. I mean, you have to realize that it's not going to unfold perfectly the way it had in the book yeah i yeah you know books to me tend to be to be better than the movies but when there are those rare occasions where you get the movie as close to the books as you can and it works out yeah and this would have been tough i think again even if they had done it as three movies they still would have had to gloss over stuff so mm-hmm. you know it's 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 not a complaint about the movie it's just that um i think it's worth commenting on and talking about uh i mean what i would recommend again i'm assuming people that are listening have either seen these movies or maybe they they're familiar with the book or they're familiar with the series but if you're not the easiest way in is probably to watch one of the tv series like the two and again i don't know if the there's it's it's hard to get earlier versions that are uh, translated into English sometimes, but I'm pretty sure you can still get the 2003 version and the 2009 version um, in English. And they're about 40 or 50 episodes each. Or you can just read the online translation. There's a fan translation online. You can get it like Wuxia Society or something. Um, that's definitely worth reading. Oh, you should like that one too, because uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna want to uh, read that. So do do read it if you can. The only thing that I will say is that uh, you know, uh, one thing that I would recommend people do when they read um, a Lewis Cha book like this is take notes on characters, because the worst thing that can happen when you're reading this is a character shows up and, you, and the name is mentioned and the person's affiliation is mentioned, and then two chapters later they're reintroduced and you don't know which sect they belong to. So 
Yeah, that, that could yeah. complicate things yeah. because that's really important to keep track of. Yeah. In the movie, mm-hmm. they are visually distinct. Like yeah. everyone has a very distinct kind of look to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sometimes, especially if you're not familiar with naming conventions and what have you, we can blend together. I ran into that when I started trying to read, um, oh, what was it? Uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which I only got an abridged version, but even with an abridged version, I very quickly got lost. I'm like, who is Cow Cow? Yeah. yeah, you should always. You should, you, should, you should always take notes for these kinds of. Well, no, again, for, I don't think it's as necessary for like a Gulong book, but for but for a Lewis Cha book, I think that it uh, is helpful. Um, and also because a lot of them are fan translations, the name names are not always consistent. If different people translated different chapters, for example, well, so, even if it's the same person, of uh, the same character can have numerous names. Yeah, that can really yeah, that's throw true. In the works. That's true. So, um, so so I do recommend taking notes, but but this this story, uh, the whole Condor Heroes trilogy is is worth it. But this one is um, and, and again, you 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 are better off reading the first two books in the series before getting to this one. But if you don't. You can kind of, you know, it is its own story. You don't have to know all the earlier stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so who are your favorite characters in this? What were your favorite performances? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it was that bat guy, Green Bat. He was cool. Uh, he had a lot of presence. Uh, him and actually Norman a lot Chew. of that. Yeah, Norman yeah, yeah. Chu was Green Bat. I love yeah. Norman Chu. He was fantastic. Um, I liked the lead just fine. I think he did a really good job. Um, I've seen him in something else before. What else is he in? Derek Yee. Yeah, I've seen He's Derek Yee. He's in um, Shaolin Prince, um, Bat Without Wings, um, Death Duel. Death Duel, yeah. Have you seen Death we just Duel? did that I... one. Uh, I don't know if you've it. seen Death Duel with us or not, but it, you definitely should see Death Duel. Death Duel is a is a really good movie. No, I think I saw a movie yeah. called like Duel to the Death. Yeah, there's yeah, a, that's yeah, a different that, movie. That's that, okay. that's, that's also right. really good. But uh yeah. Death Duel is I know, different. I know. I saw it. Uh, <laughs> um Legend of the Bat, Full Moon, uh Skimitar, which we just did. Skimitar. Um Brand Brendan and I just did that one a few weeks ago. I've been slacking on my Wushu movies lately. This is actually the first one I've watched in a while. So my bad. <laughs> he's been in a lot of movies like yeah, he's, he's, he, 50. Me, me and Dion have an ongoing conversation about Derek E because he kind of gets a lot of shade thrown at him at, at reviews he online does. and we never really? understand it yeah I don't, yes. I don't I don't I don't here's what I think happened I think number one people tend to adopt ideas that are out there already do you know what I mean and I think somebody oh, yeah. planted this idea unless there's like I don't know we don't we don't speak Mandarin or Cantonese so maybe we're missing something about his performance that's not clear but I feel like this idea just kind of got planted that he's not a great lead but I, I I think he he can serve very well as either a lead or a villain and he has a I think he has a good presence I don't understand why people yeah are critical he was great in this movie or at least he was like I don't have any complaint with his performance. Like he had good presence. Like you said, he's he's a good he's a really good physical actor. Um, he's yeah, he does all, all the martial arts stuff. He does great. I think you know the um, range. I mean, like what what do you want from a lead? This guy's like lead material. He's perfect. I mean, he has very expressive eyes, which I adore about him. His movements are graceful, even though he's like. 
he's over six feet tall. So, you know, that's large for a graceful person. He's taller than me even. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, he's, he's got the moves. I think another problem too is, um, he is, uh, David Chang's half brother and they might compare the two of them and they have Mm. totally different styles and they're different people. I mean, David Chang's a little on the smaller side and, you know, he, they're just different and they, I think, attack their roles differently. They're both very good actors and. But they're so different. They're so different. It feels like a comparison is not even natural to make, you know, like. Exactly. But they're great, both great leading men. They just, they're different styles of acting and they, I think fit better in different types of movies. So, so my, my favorite characters in, uh, I guess probably in, in the books and in the movie, um, there might be some differences between the two. If I really sat down and think about it, but I love golden haired lion King. I think he's, a, I, I, I really like him. And, and I love, I love granny golden flower. And I especially love that Teresa hot ping plays her in this movie. Cause she's always good in those kind of roles. So the one thing you didn't see is that she, I don't think she didn't pull off a disguise in this one. Did she, right? She, no. no. Okay. So in, if I, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure this is in the book too. Um, but she usually pulls off a disguise and is like beautiful underneath. Do you know what I mean? Cause she's disguising herself as like a, an old woman. Do you know what I mean? Like an old, like an, not just an old woman, but like an unappealing old woman, but she's really like this beautiful woman from this Persian uh, wing of the, the Ming cult. Um, and so, and so I'm trying to think of who else would be, uh, I, I kind of like the, I think I like the Xiao Min character and, um, and I like the, uh, uh, the Jujiro character as well. I think, I think that in this movie, especially I thought Candace, Yu did a really good job as sort of the, you know, having to walk that line between starting out as like, uh, uh, a good character in the movie and then becoming kind of an antagonist over the course of the movie. Um, Oh, and uh, the Abbess. I love the Abbess. I think she's a great character too. She's, Uh, she's always good. The Abbess. Well, at least the woman who played the Abbess is always good. She always seems to play the Abbess too. But in, don't you think like this, this particular Abbess has a certain edge to her that's more interesting than some of her other abbesses. Like there's a, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can see that. I like I she's hardcore. She's a bit she, meaner. She, yeah, that's what I mean. She won't even like Ming cult drops uh, a rope made out of their clothing out of the window to save everybody from a burning building, and she, she refu- won't climb yeah. down. Yeah, because it's the evil cult, and then she leaps down. And and Wuji leaps up to help her, and she she literally would rather die than accept his help, and so she dies as a result. <laughs> you know, it, exactly. It, it, yeah, she's totally hardcore yeah, in this one. Yeah, she's a real. You know, I think we'd call her a firecracker around here. She's just that kind of a person. You know, um, so so Ivers, she's one of these characters. She's like Golden Hair Lion King. You can't help but respect them because of their power, but also because of their like stubborn personalities and their their ways of doing of dealing with people. Um, even if at times they're terrifying, um, 
So uh, Wuxia is really kind of awesome for characters like that, though. You know, because like having an extreme personality like lends you so well to being a character in one of these movies. Uh, well, it's because they're powerful. It's because if you are this great hero that you know is unmatched, and you know you don't think anybody can beat you, like Golden Haired Lion King, you can do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a there's a scene in the books where he just like slaughters a legion of people to take this dragon saber. One of the techniques that I don't think you actually get to see him use in the movie is he has this roar of the lion technique that just Ooh. like you know it just annihilates people. Um, and it's literally just him screaming. Uh, <laughs> so, but oh, yeah, it's cool. Any any parts of the story that you guys thought was particularly good or particularly bad? Oh man, um, actually, I really like the part where uh, he unadv- inadvertently makes the house topple over because his Lightfoot kung fu sucks, <laughs> yeah. and there's just like this cave <laughs> with poisonous frogs behind him, and he goes in there. It's like, oh, it's so beautiful, and these frogs start biting him, and he's like, oh god, but I bet they're delicious, and then he eats them, and it just it just keeps rollicking on. It's such an interesting, weird well, th- part of the movie. That's what cures that. his um the palm attack that that he was suffering right. from, right? That, that cures the palm attack. The, yeah, but... In the trunk of a tree, he finds a kung fu manual that a baboon buried there. <laughs> Which is from that's that that's from Return of Condor Heroes. And uh... they deal and then it and then it's the the be- so at the end of Condor Heroes, there's a, a character uh, who's the daughter of Guo Jing and Huang Rong, and she in her story is where this book picks up. You you find out what happens to her and all that stuff, and that and that manual is kind of part of the the thread. Um, but I like the happy coincidences that happen in stories like these. There's also that's how he becomes leader of Ming Cult too. He sort of mm-hmm. you know ends up stuck in this these underground tunnels, and they find the the resting place of the leader of the cult. And that was he... one of my favorite scenes, by yeah. the way. And well, also, because, okay. So he's chasing a guy. You don't let him in. He's chasing someone in that scene. He's looking for them. He keeps calling out their name. So he finds this false wall and he's like, are you behind this? And he punches it down to go inside. Like yeah. if you have to punch down the wall, he clearly didn't go that way. I laughed so hard during and, that scene. I loved it. And Dion, I apologize if straying into this territory bores you. But I just want to point out to Joel, do you see what I mean about how dungeons are so natural to the genre? Like, you, and 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 I'm always amazed that people will say, like, you know, like, like people people do not they treat wuxia totally different than other genres in gaming, and they act as if you can't have these D and D like elements, but they're totally present. But they're perfect. Yeah. To have it, a dungeon. I mean, look at every time you go to a bed, they have a hidden drawer. And yes. You just drop down yes. in the hidden bed. And there you are into some kind of cave or dungeon. And I there's mean, like, just like Gary Gygax intended. Yeah. And there's like <laughs> basically magic items inside these dungeons. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's they're 100% magic items. Yeah. Oh my God. The so, Heaven Sword and Dragon Saber are magic swords. So I get I guess what I find frustrating is people think a Wuxia campaign has to always and they can totally be this, but they have to be about the character stories and the romance or the um you know, the political conflict or whatever, but they can't ever be a dungeon crawl or a do you know what I'm saying? Whereas, you know, a lot of the different parts of this movie are basically adventures into dungeons or onto mysterious islands to retrieve an object or do you know what I'm saying? it's a it's there's a lot of adventure in wuxia and if not 
watched enough movies or read enough source material to understand yeah. that. Well, that or that's just not what they focus on when they watch them and read them. But I, I just am always amazed by it. And like, I, I feel like, how can people not see this connection? Um, and again, you don't have to. It's not the only thing in Wuxia, but it's just it's more a part of Wuxia. Dungeons are more a part of Wuxia than they are a part of fantasy literature. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like in fantasy literature, outside of like the Mines of Moria, I can't think of a lot of famous dungeon examples. Like Conan had some dungeons, and I think Moorcock had a few. But like that's, I mean, that's like pulp stuff. That's that's, well, I don't know. I think uh, Howard actually wrote right around right after the same time that Tolkien did, didn't he? He wrote so before. He wrote before. Did he write before I think Tolkien? He wrote before Tolkien, yeah, didn't he? Conan's older than the Hobbits. Hol- that Tol- might be right. Conan oh is God. as old as Lovecraft. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, I'm not I'm not an expert, but like I I like Conan, and I have like a you know a few anthologies, and I uh, and I'm pretty sure they were they were before Tolkien. Um, uh, but we can you know if we're wrong about that, well, I'll put a correction in the in the description. I, I do think we are wandering off topic, yeah. though. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. So, But anyways, uh, you know, were there, what did people think of the love story in this? Because there is a love story. What, what did people think of that? Well, you said it was a, a triangle, and I know that there's a triangle. But there, I don't know, some of the other women in the movie were making googly eyes, too. Oh, and oh yeah, it's definitely. No, eyes that, that like, was... That guy is a chick magnet in this no, movie. No, that's actually part of the story... Part of the story is that he's kind of having interactions with all these women, and there is sort of you know who will he pick from all you know there is that kind of mm-hmm. thing. The and, original Tenchi Moyo. Yeah, so child. so so it's not though it, it, that's there too, but I think the core love story is really yeah, it's a around, triangle, yeah. but it it could be an octagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wuji <laughs> Wuji is a ladies' man for sure. He, he definitely <laughs> is a ladies' man. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the storyline. I didn't know who he was going to pick. Even who did you through... want him to pick? Who did you want him to pick? Mm. Uh, I <laughs> He's to... had such cute interactions with everyone. Like that's I the know. Thing. Um, I guess for sentimental reasons, I wanted him to pick his childhood sweetheart. Okay. Um, okay. I wanted them to be together. I like the story of, you know, growing up together, but them being separated and finding each other again. Um, the princess, I don't know. She played too many games for me. Okay. And that's okay. why I didn't want him with her. I think he needed someone that was more straightforward but then, you know, the whole wedding happened and, you know, he kind of, to me, that's where the choice was made. Okay. Who he was going to be with. Because when you ditch someone at the altar, you know, I, I had a little bit of hope that he would find his way back and just the ditching at the altar was just part of a plan, you know, to get everything else back on track. But for her, that was it. She was done. It's kind of hard to walk back on abandoning someone at the altar. Well, especially yeah. the way it was, because face plays a big role in 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 this story too, and like mm-hmm. he humiliates her by doing that, and and she vows publicly to never have dealings with him, and so you know it's. But see, the first time I watched it, there were all these subplots going on, so I yeah. didn't know if they had planned this whole thing at the wedding. 
for him to, you know, if it should come to that, that he would leave and then come back to her. I didn't know if it was kind of like a planned kind of thing. So I was kind of waiting the whole time for that part of the plan to unfold and then for them to reunite. But then as the movie Mm. kept going and that didn't happen, then my thinking had to go on to a different path. I was like, ooh, she really did finish with him. Ooh, that's not good. Okay, moving on. But it took me a while to get there, you know, because I would I would kept hoping for I think that the, because that's what I wanted. The the key I, the 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 sort of clue to that I think is the um how ferocious her attacks are against Wuji. Like, and again, I, that's why I was saying they don't quite capture how evil her kung fu is. Right. The, but like, she's using evil kung fu against him in that scene, if I remember, like in the book. Do you know what I mean? And that's, and I think that's what they were trying to convey there. But all you really saw was like a wisp of smoke when she palmed him. And uh-huh. she was, yeah. she was throwing him around, yeah. but, and you know, he was saying that your Kung Fu has progressed quickly. And, but I still had that hope. Okay. That, I, I don't know something because so, I wanted them together so bad. I still had that hope. And I don't know where I lost that hope in the movie the first time. I, the second time I went, I, I would, was like... I would be interested in your reaction if you watched the, one of the series. Because usually the way that they depict her in that moment is uh-huh. very vicious. And like like the angles are different. She's got like... Ra- she's got like... She's doing that move with the claw above her head. Do you know what I mean? And like uh-huh. the, you know, the lighting is all different. And you just know from the visuals, oh, she's going evil now. Do you know what I mean? And so... I, I I I'm curious if that would change things for you, but um, uh, but yeah, I th- how did you guys feel about the ending to the you know the conclusion? Which I should say the the book handles differently, and the books depending on which version it is, because there's like all of the Condor heroes they have like a first edition, second edition, third edition, and mm. they're all a little different. And usually when you get the fan translations they have footnotes explaining what the difference is when you get to that point. Um, but, uh, but how'd you feel about, cause in this one, uh, him and, and, and Zhao Min don't end up together, right? They kind of go their separate ways. So how'd you feel about that? I, I all that emotional investment for kind of nothing. <laughs> um, you know, he should end up with somebody. Just... Joe. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Joe? I just feel busy. You're waiting on me? I only saw the first movie, so... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so I'll get... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do... I didn't see this. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> the... In, in, the, in the book, they end up together. Um, and they actually, like, seclude themselves, if I remember from... You know, again, there are different variations, but uh, if I recall, they, they seclude themselves... Um, and I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of with you, Dion. I kind of wanted him and, uh, Jujiro to to end up together. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I think, uh, I, 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 and I think sometimes for the reasons that you state there, the game playing, the, the Xiaomin character, she, she is an interesting character and I like her. And I mean, and they have chemistry as characters, but I, I feel like the, uh, the Jujiro character is a little bit more, I don't know. She's, she's got traces of Abyss Miju 
in her. And I think that's, uh, I don't know, a little bit more appealing than, you know, the princess character. Um, but, but I don't know any, any other thoughts about the movie before we move on to, um, review ratings and recommendations. Not about the movie, but, um, clarification. Isn't it that the Erme sect has sworn off men? Um, because I know in some movies it's depicted that way that they are to never be with a man, to never marry a man, and I, if I I'm, I'm trying to remember in this one if that's because I, it's so many of the Erme sect members in this end up with men, and so mm-hmm. I, but I'm pretty sure they're not supposed to, but I can't, you know, because they have that um that cinnabar mark on their forehead, right? Mm-hmm. And that and the convention in the movies is that that cinnabar mark goes away if they have sex. And so it's a way to kind of track that. But I don't I don't remember offhand what the specifics of Erme in this particular story are. Um so I don't know, is that would that change your your view of things or Well because I'd seen other movies with the Erme sect and they'd sworn off men. I guess I kind of figured that he wouldn't end up with well, his childhood sweetheart because she was in that sect and she was going to take over the sect and be the leader once uh, the abbess dies. So it wouldn't make sense for them to be together, but I would have yeah. preferred that they were together. So usually, Erme is usually nuns in most of the depictions I've seen. But the thing about, especially in this movie, she isn't a nun because she says she's going to become a nun at the right. end and shave her head. So, at least in the movie, I think the way that they're kind of presenting it is, and again, I think this is a little different from the book, but I think the way it's presented in the movie is that there are like sect, maybe she's like a secular member of Hermes sect. I don't know. Right. But then there is that whole backstory of one of the other nuns, like, disgracing herself. So, but I think she was uh, supposed to be married to some guy, right? So, uh, yeah, so I think they must be secular members i'm assuming and the abbess is somebody who's been ordained as a you know as a nun and then an abbess um, right but i i again i don't want to like you know uh, i i'm just kind of going off memory and speculation at this point so, at this point, so. oh i'm getting an echo. I'm getting an echo um my plug came out Sorry. oh okay that's all right so i don't know any other things that we want to cover before we move on to ratings and recommendations Hmm. I, I would do want to point out, like in general, the visual of this movie is a very theatrical kind of soundstagey look. Yeah. But it actually benefits it a lot, and I found that a striking element. Like, because you you experience movies very visually. Yeah. And like in this case, even though some of the sound stages were very soundstagey, I kind of feel like it it enhanced the movie. I like so. I like sound stages. I think they they kind of cocoon. The, the it's, yeah. it's, it, it, it gives you a sense of being wrapped up in the world. And it also mm-hmm. can really, like, especially in the hands of someone like Cho Yuen, it leads to really good world building, in my opinion. The, you know, the, the, mm. you feel like you're entering a, a world that isn't our own. And I think that's important because they're trying to transport you to the Zhang Hu. And so. Yeah, and it does feel like a, a, you get kind of an almost uh, 
Sinbad sort of feeling from like the, some of the fantastic locations and things that are there. Yeah. So I liked that quite a bit. That was that was that was fun. I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. <laughs> so so I don't know. Why don't we do the the ratings recommendations, Joel? We're doing one through five now because we realized some movies have to be a three. We decided there's just you know you, we, yeah. we we read into a couple where just two and four were not or two and three were not cutting it on a two, four two scale. Have a cutoff. Yeah. So, so Dion, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, because I've seen this movie several times, and it might take you several times to view this movie to get here, I do give it a, a four. It's one of my favorite movies, or one of my favorite two movies. Um, I don't give it a five because it didn't have the emotional weight, and I think I, if it had had the emotional weight at the end of this story with um, the golden haired lion, what he said going off into the, um, to be a monk and the pair that ended up together, not ending up together. If I had cried, then it would have been a five, but because I didn't, I have to give it a four. I, I really enjoy it. It definitely is a wild ride and you, I personally needed to take notes of watching it the second time so I could keep people straight because I like to know everybody and what they're doing. I'm a nosy person. So, but if you just focus on key relationships, you'll be good. But I do give it a four. I think you should watch it. Joel, how about you? I was thinking about it while she was talking. Okay. So if one is wretched and two is bad, Three being mediocre, four three is, being three, like, three is average. Three would be an average movie. Okay, so three is so so one is bad, two is okay. No, I three would say is average. I, I I I would I mean I would quibble and say two is, eh, you know, two okay, is so watchable. Uh, but I mean, one like, is one, unwatchable. Yeah. Okay, what was, what was yeah? One, one is unwatchable. Two would be okay. bad, right? Three would yeah. be... so, so one is wretched, two is bad, three is mediocre, four is solid, and five is great. Yeah, I mean, I would say yeah. average for three, but yeah. Okay. All right, so we'll go with, with average is three. This is definitely a cut above average, so I'm going to have to at least give it a four. Okay. Um, I, I, think, I think I don't want to do is I don't want to look at the missing first parts of this story and say without that in the movie it can't be a five like yeah. i want to judge the movie just for what we do get yeah yeah and I think that's for fair. what we do because there's, there's stuff that's missing obviously this feels like the second part of a three-part series and that's because we are actually missing the first part um but i mean the first star wars that ever came out was like that too it felt like yeah. a chunk of an ongoing thing that and can that work movie, that can totally work right and i would give star wars a five obviously uh, being a sucker like I am for those kind of movies. So could this could this go from four, which is a solid recommendation? Like it's got everything you want in a Wushu movie in it. It's got romance and it's got drama and it's got really cool attacks and it's got all the nifty set politics and some really some really beautiful uh, visuals and great fighting. So it's at least a four, like just on those merits. Yeah. So what would my the thing I keep asking myself is okay, what is the ephemeral element? that a movie has to have for me to elevate it from four to five. Like where does this go to like Chinese ghost story for me? Cause Chinese ghost story is like one of my favorite movies now. Like I just pick okay. that out and watch it whenever I get a chance to. And I think there's some element of like 
charm that is so charming it actually makes me like excited to go see the movie again um and it might be the little Taoist rap in chinese ghost story that elevates it okay. or it might be just how like kooky some of the the scenes are and it might be the giant monster tongue but i think it really is a fusion of all those elements that kind of turns chinese ghost story into like the chinese version of evil dead 2 where like it's just elevated by the all of these wonderful charming elements in it and I don't know that this movie has any one particular thing that that really pushes it through that membrane into a five for me. It's uh, It actually has a lot going on, so much going on, that like I feel like if I watched both of them, I might collectively give them a five. Uh, it's like, so there's a lot of stuff okay. to really appreciate in these movies. It's, it's deep, and there's a lot going on and a lot of characters. And even though it is rushed and they use a lot of techniques like you were mentioning to kind of cram different things together and, and make them as small and concise as they can, I actually find that admirable. And it, mm -hmm. it makes it so that there's no fat on the movie anywhere. And I'm constantly engaged and surprised and intrigued by what I'm watching. So I don't. I don't know that I can, in good conscience, elevate it to a five, but I really want to. I am a fan of this movie, yeah. so it's it's a high four for me. Okay, and yeah, I I have to give it a four too. I think, uh, and it's it, I love Cho Yuen. I think this is a really great Cho Yuen movie. It does come with the the caveat that many of his films come with that it's potentially confusing because there are a lot of characters, and that can be a thing. Mm -hmm. But if you just kind of enjoy the movie and then worry about that stuff for other viewings of it, do you know what I mean? Like, just just know that you'll be able to pick up those details the more you watch it. I think it's fine. And also, there's source material out there that's really... Like, this This isn't like some of the obscure source material movies where you find, like, a paragraph online and there's no English translation of the book. There are translations <laughs> of the book. There are synopses of the plot. There are breakdowns of the characters. And there are... Are, there's a wikipedia page yeah there's a wikipedia page and there's like a bunch of tv series that cover the whole story so you there are any number of ways you can learn about it um the movie is beautiful it creates a world uh it has a lot of interesting characters and i think that i think Choi yuen is really good at conveying those characters that's why he was so great at doing gu long books and i think he does a very admirable job with um with a Lewis Shaw story, which also requires that kind of an eye for eccentric characters. And I think that, you know, it's, it's got all, it's got all these adventure elements. It's, it's, it's this kind of movie that just crams a ton of excitement and entertainment into this really short span of time. Um, but it also does feel kind of full because it is two movies. So it's not like, it's not like it's an hour and a half of stuff all <laughs> smashed in it's it's two hour and a half films i think the first one is like an hour and 40 minutes actually and the second one is like an hour and 35 but it's a complete sense of entertainment by the time you get to the end of them uh so i would definitely recommend them they're on amazon and i would give them a four uh and the thing that's maybe holding me back from like a five is it just doesn't rise up to that heroes shed no tears level for me or um you know, or a bride with white hair type film. It's it's it. it, oh, it Hero shed no tears is so good. Yeah, that's a really you know, and for me that means was I emotion like super emotionally impacted by the movie? Did I feel kind of like a sense of puzzlement at the end that made me keep going back to the movie and asking all kinds of questions about it, or did I 
immediately just start rewatching the movie and you know have to rewatch it a bunch of times. Those are the things that usually make it a five for me. So, mm-hmm. so I would say a four, and and I could definitely see some people this being a five for them. So I understand oh, your yeah. desire to give it a five and you know kind of being on that line. Um, yeah, and and I don't know. I think it's a. Uh, it's also a really good introducer introduction to the genre. I think um, it's a. It would be a little overwhelming. I think if this is my first movie. Okay. Uh, okay. But yeah. like among your first movies, sure, sure. I think okay. that like if this is like the third or fourth, and then you watch the sequel right after, that's a pretty good. Like that, because that gives you idea for the more complex works with more moving parts and characters, well, and that's something you encounter in this genre. What I think is good about it is it gives you the sex and the sex politics, the, the yeah. kinds of storylines that emerge around navigating the martial world in that way. But it also has those other things that I was talking about, like the dungeons and the strange locations <laughs> and the, 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 the items and the manuals. It's got everything that you sort of, you know, might encounter in a, the grudges, all of the stuff is there. It is yeah, overwhelming I, though. So I do agree with you. I was noticing that like every single thing you'd want in a Wuxia movie is in this Wuxia movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, it's really good for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, it, it's, it's, and again, you know, with Joel's advisement that it, it might be overwhelming. I do think it would be at least a good thing to watch as an example of just how much stuff there is in Wuxia. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. So, so yeah, so I, I guess we can end it there. Uh, we've actually gone on much longer than normal. So, yeah, it's, uh, um, and it's been, we've been we've been a little bit uh, uh, lazy getting to the to this episode. So, which is mostly my fault, I think. I think I've been the one that's been. Uh, I, I delayed us at least a week, at Did, least. Okay, I, I can't remember this. We were doing we were doing it Sunday, and I I was just like, no, nah, I'm gonna just sit here and be hung over the whole time instead. So my bad. That's okay. <laughs> it stuff happens. And, uh, and I, I mean, I think, and obviously COVID lockdowns and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think you're experiencing quite as much, Joel, right? You guys are, are you guys locked down or are you guys? No, oh, we're locked down. Oh, yeah, you're locked down. Okay. But like I work, uh, in one of those jobs where you still have to go to your job every day. So I okay. just wear a mask at work now. It's basically the big uh, difference for me. But I mean, like I haven't been able to go to the movies. I haven't been able to do all the stuff I usually do, like go out and eat. I can't even return the library books. i took out before the the lockdown started so i've had like these books just sitting here gain late fees for like almost two months i'm assuming that they'll forgive those if that's uh, yeah that's that's a that's a very generous assumption of you <laughs> librarians are a heartless bunch yeah. <laughs> well our library is forgiving them in my state well in my area in pennsylvania so i don't i don't know about yours but i i have a I, 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 I have a history of late fees at libraries, so I can sympathize with Joel's predicament. <laughs> um, I once had like a $90 late fee at my uh, my local library, which to me, that's like the cutoff point where you're like, no, I'm not going to be paying this. Um, well, I think once you've paid for the replacement book, you... Right. That, I think, was the cost of the replacement books. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, they did, But they do have like a day of forgiveness if you bring mm-hmm. the books back, but the problem is I think I lost the books. So they have tax holidays <laughs> yeah. for libraries. That's great. So, but, uh, but yeah, so, so we'll, we'll end it there. And again, check it out. It's it, the, the, the full title of the movie I think is, um, 
It's Heaven Sword and Dragon Saber. It's it's Saber with an R E. It's on Amazon Prime. The book is spelled a variety of ways, but I think the version that I have is E R. Um, so just if you're trying to Google, you know, it can. And 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 of course, there's a TV series. I I am partial to the 2003 version, but a lot of people like the 2009 version, which I think there was a 2006 version of Return of Condor Heroes and a 2003 version of Legend of Condor Heroes that I believe were part of the same production. And I think the 2009 Heaven Sword Dragon Saber is part of that production. I could be wrong, but I'm like a, I'm pretty sure that those were all kind of connected. Um, so. You know, go check them out. And until then, we will talk to you later.